Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta and generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. Hello, and welcome back to Love, Lead, Listen. Today's guest is Liz Toombs. Liz is the president of the award-winning decorating firm PDR Interiors, which she founded in 2009. Based in Lexington, Kentucky, Liz is a certified interior decorator who offers comprehensive services for Greek housing, private homes, and offices. She's quoted as a decorating expert by notable media outlets, including MSNBC, Huffington Post, and the Associated Press. And she's the co-creator and co-host of Speak Your Style, a lifestyle and business podcast. PDR Interiors has clients on more than 80 campuses across the U.S. is known nationally as the decorating team of choice for Greek organizations. Based on years of those experience, Liz is offering a new option called Interior Decorating 101 Sorority Edition. This online course helps sorority house corporation boards update their space in a DIY manner, both the support of a decorating professional. Speaking of Greek life, Liz was actually in Alpha Gamma at the University of Kentucky. In her personal life, Liz enjoys exercising, spending time on the lake, and almost always has a book in her hand. She shares her home with her husband and college sweetheart, Billy, and their frequently Instagrammed dogs, Wendell and Bartlett. Liz, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you. I'm curious, your bio talks about you always having a book in your hand. What are you reading right now? Uh, Right now, I'm reading a Nicholas Sparks book called The Return. Have you read it? I haven't, but I am. That's like Nicholas Sparks is my guilty pleasure. Okay. So I am a avid mystery suspense murder reader. And every now and then I just have to take a break because it really starts to weigh on me. And so then I read a lighthearted novel, you know, romance, and then move on to something else. (laughs) I love that. You got to mix it up every now and then. Totally. So Liz, you are a certified interior decorator. Can Mm -hmm. you tell me a little bit of what that is? I've heard of an interior designer before, but I'm assuming there's some differences here. There are, and that's a really good question. So thanks for asking, because the general public naturally uses decorator and designer interchangeably, um, but within the industry, there are some differences. So when it comes to being a designer, that um, profession does more of like architectural things, moving walls, structural stuff. When it comes to being a decorator, we focus more on aesthetic finishes and don't really get into the structure we tend to partner with architects and contractors and engineers on that. So that's the easiest way to describe the difference there. In other ways, there's a lot of overlap. So you started PDR Interiors in 2009. What led you to starting a design or interior decorating firm? Oh, girl, I don't know how much time you have. So let me condense <laughs> this. Um, as a kid, I just, I loved decorating. I was really into it. My granddad was in real estate, so I had the opportunity to see a lot of different homes. So fast forward to when it was time to come to college, you know, I, I was still interested in it, but really didn't want to do the architectural side. So I didn't really want to go into design. So I found my way into textiles at the University of Kentucky. That was my major, really loved it. It had a little bit of a fashion focus, but you know, you can parlay that into other fields. So got out of school, was um, in sales for a while in the construction industry, and then had an opportunity to go work for a design firm. It was a franchise that was set up here in Lexington. So went there, got a lot of really good training and just experience under my belt. And the recession hit 
and the company ended up closing um, this particular franchise location closed. So it was, you know, go out and work for somebody else or, or give it a go. And my husband was very adamant that he thought I should give it a go. And um, here we are. Wow. It looks like it's worked out great. It has. It has. You know, it's, it's really interesting to look back and know that PDR did not exist in 2008. And in 2021, we now have a map with, you know, pins all across the country. And so it, it, sometimes it's very surreal. I don't say that in a braggadocious way. I say that in like a, I'm just a girl who followed my dream kind of thing. And I cannot, cannot believe where we are right now. Yeah, that's, I think everyone always wants to kind of see their dreams come to fruition. So it's exciting to hear when someone actually has that dream happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. So you work with Greek housing. How do you help them design their interiors? Um, we have gotten very good over the years at understanding their needs, anticipating their needs, understanding even within each organization what their housing department prioritizes and really wants to focus on. And so we, uh, we've just kind of created a system and understand how to work within that system. So you know, if we're choosing finishes for a new build or a remodel, then, you know, we understand the aesthetic that they're looking for. Uh, we tend to focus mostly on the women's organizations. We have worked with men's groups. Um, but as you can imagine, the women like the prettier things. <laughs> so to have uh, a finer taste. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, you know, we, we understand the aesthetic finishes they're looking for. We understand the trends, but also that these things don't get done every two years or five years. You know, we have to make sure that they're going to look good and unfortunately 20 to 30 sometimes. And then when it comes to furnishings, we need to make the, the houses look residential and feel welcoming as if you were walking into someone's personal home. But it has to have good bones and the durability to stand up for a commercial environment. Because if 50 women are living in this house and 300 chapter members are in and out of the doors daily, you know, a, a small piece of inexpensive furniture that's, you know, made of cardboard, it's not going to stand up to, to the test of time. So we really understand those needs and just kind of the nuance of balancing the aesthetic with the, the durability. You're saying so many things that I've never even thought of. And you're right that Greek housing in especially really like has to have that mix of like, you want it to feel like home, but also like, it's a chapter house with 50 people living in it. So mm-hmm. you got to make sure it's going to last. That's fascinating to hear all that that goes into it. Yeah. You don't want it to feel like a hotel or, you know, like a, a senior living center. You, you have to really balance that nuance. And it varies from campus to campus what the the main aesthetic is. But um, but yeah, those are a lot of things you have to factor in. Yeah. Well, one of the things I want to talk to you about is we are all living in our homes a lot more than we were a year ago. Uh, (laughs) At the time of us recording this, uh, I've been working remotely for a year and I know I've had to adapt my living space. And I know that there's plenty of people out there that are still struggling. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you a little bit about how do we adapt our living situations that we're in now to working at home, making making dinners, living with our spouses or partners? How do we do it all in our spaces? I know it's like we're, our whole life is contained in this one box, right? Whether it's a house or apartment or whatever it is. Um, I think one of the main things that you have to do, um, especially as a, you know, a young professional in your space is to designate certain areas for certain tasks. So instead of 
always sitting on the sofa to watch TV and to do your work. Maybe that's only where you sit down in the evenings, you know, with your spouse or your roommate to watch TV and socialize and relax. Same thing with the bed. You don't need to be sleeping in there and working in there, you know, try to break that up so that maybe if you don't have a dedicated room in your home, that's okay. <laughs> I know that's something that I, I think a lot of people struggled with, especially early on, is you didn't have a workspace. So you had to sit on your sofa and you had to figure out how to work from home. And I know if I'm sitting on my sofa, I get nothing done. Yeah, I think it. your body is sort of um, trained to relax and your mind is, you know, oh, OK, this is where I sit when I'm chilling out. I'm not in work mode here. And it's also just not super comfortable. You know, it's not necessarily ergonomical. And so it is challenging for someone who's come from an office environment to then be in their home to work. I'm fortunate. My team is fortunate that we have always worked remotely. And so I've had the benefit of what, 12, 13 years now of knowing how I need to do this. So I, early on, I had to go through these growing pains myself. And honestly, if I would walk through my kitchen during the day and there were dishes in the sink, it was like I couldn't focus on my work until I got those dishes in the dishwasher because that visual clutter became mental clutter. Um, and so you have to learn how to balance that either, you know, okay, no, I'm going to compartmentalize and deal with that later because that's personal stuff to do on personal time or you know, okay, I'm going to take a minute and on my lunch break, knock that out. So it doesn't affect my, my work time. It just, I don't know, you have to see what works best for you and how you're motivated to, to get your work done and do things within your space. Yes, absolutely. I'm the same way. I hate dirty dishes. Like it's just not something <laughs> I do not like having them out. I don't like them on the counter, the sink. I don't like them at all. I like them in the dishwasher. So mm -hmm. for me, that's been a, also a learning curve is like figuring out like, how do I manage this with my time? Like, do I take a five minute break real quick, go to wash the dishes? Or do I mm -hmm. just, you know, put them in their own little s special spot and then do them at the end of the day? I think that's also mm -hmm. a whole part of making your space work for yourself is your routines and patterns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You have to really learn how to manage your time. And so, I mean, it can be a struggle for people who, if part of the thing was I left my house every day and I just knew while I'm gone, that's my work time. That's what I'm doing. When I come home, it's home time and personal time. Well, now you're not leaving. So, you know, you just need to figure out ways to um, manage your time and, you know, just manage your activities within your space. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious, do you have any techniques or have you seen any creative design ideas for making your space work for you or ways to like even separate it out like we were talking about earlier? Um, yes. So not so much like adding partitions or dividing up the space physically, but there are some like creative things I've seen. So, you know, perhaps you're in a tight space where you don't have room to bring in a full-blown desk to work on. There are some wall-mounted opportunities of desks that you can put a laptop on and you could mount that either high enough if you prefer to stand while you're working or you could mount it lower so that you could add a chair, you know, bring in a dining room chair, sit it there and then when you're finished, take it back to the table. 
Um, that's been one of the most creative things that I have seen. Um, I think also um, something as simple as like having a like a trunk or a basket or bin that when the workday is over, okay, I don't have anywhere else to put my 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 laptop or my surface. So I'm going to put it in there. So it's out of sight, out of mind. And then this is my time for personal stuff. And then tomorrow when I start work again, I'll pull it back out. It's sort of about creating visual boundaries, if you will. Um, and so those are a couple of things that, that come to mind initially. Um, if you're lucky enough to have like a spare bedroom or honestly, even a closet, you can convert a closet to become an office space. If you just have um, like a shelf in there to treat it as a desktop. But my point is, whether it's the closet or the room, shutting a door does a lot too. Um, just so you can walk away from it. I mean, if you can't tell from what I'm saying, I'm really big on work-life separation so that, you know, it's not your personal stuff isn't eating into your work time. And then your work time isn't bleeding over into your night. Because I feel like that becomes a really bad hamster wheel cycle that you can't get out of and it leads to burnout. So I just think anything you can do to kind of separate your personal time and space from your office time is is really going to be good. I really like this idea of like putting it away, getting it out of sight, out of mind. And I think that even the idea of a trunk, I never even thought of that. I always leave my laptop up on my desk and sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe I need to go check that email. Maybe I need, maybe I got a Teams message that like the idea of like, maybe I could put it in a drawer and like Mm -hmm. keep it out of my my mind and then that or out of my sight so that will help unplug a little bit better at the end of the day yeah I mean honestly anything you can do maybe if you're if you have really good self-control um uh, you know that it doesn't bother you just to shut the laptop and walk away but I think most people are like you Emily that oh I'm just tempted to just go and check that really quick and then two hours later, like you've burned up part of your night and you're like, well, why did I do that? Yeah. That one thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. I know. Cause then you have 50 other emails in there that you're like, oh, real quick. I'll just tell them this. And yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think that's the whole idea of getting creative with what you're looking at and the visual boundaries part is what's really kind of striking me. Mm -hmm. Just in full transparency. I live in a one bedroom apartment. I lived here before the pandemic, really thought it was a great really great apartment. I still like it. But now that I've been living in it in a pandemic, it's like, oh, like a second bedroom would be nice. Like, oh, having a little bit more space would be nice. Mm -hmm. What would your advice be to someone that's looking to move or change their like, go to a different space because they want it to work better? Well, I think, you know, all budgets are going to be different and all needs are going to be different. But I think if someone's in a situation like you mentioned, like, okay, right now I'm in a one bedroom, it really would be nice to have that extra room. You can do a combo guest room slash home office, and you can do that by, you know, you can put a full sized bed in there or, you know, full blown bed um, or even Murphy beds. If you do you know what a Murphy bed is, I, isn't um, it the kind that pulls out or is that a completely uh -huh. different thing? Yeah, it, like it goes up toward to the wall. And so it becomes you're using your vertical space instead of your horizontal floor space all the time. And there's actually a really good manufacturer up there near you towards Indianapolis. Um, but Murphy beds are kind of making a comeback, especially if you need that floor space. And so what that does is um, on the day to day when you don't have anyone visiting you because, you know, COVID, then you can have the bed pushed up, you know, against the wall on the outside. It just looks like a nice cabinet. And then you can work in there, you know, do whatever you need. But then when someone is coming to stay with you, then, you know, you can tidy up your workspace area. And then pull the bed down and it becomes a guest room. So I think there's a lot of versatility you can get even just by adding one room to your living space. 
you just have to be be creative and really try to maximize the space to serve your needs. Um, and only you really understand what your needs are. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's there's also an element of thinking creatively. Like I know if like right where where my desk is now here, I originally was like, this should be a great bookcase spot. Like this would be great for the TV. I never thought like, oh, I should put a desk here. But when I kind of opened my imagination up a bit, I realized like, oh, this isn't what the space is really intended to be, but it would actually work really well as this instead of I see this a lot with um, dining rooms. A lot of people don't use their dining room anymore, even though it's Uh technically supposed to be a dining room. Yeah. Yep. You're right. And I think, you know, until you're faced with a situation that you have to be creative about how you're using it, it may never occur to you. But then all of a sudden you can come at your space with a critical eye and be like, oh, yeah, I can put my desk here or I can use my dining room this way. You're exactly right. It's almost like uh, playing Legos. Oh, it is. Absolutely. It's totally Legos, Tetris. And like, I'm a total nerd when it comes to space planning. So it gets me really jazzed up. My husband's like, I've never seen anyone be this excited about maximizing space. But that's that's how it is. So, (laughs) hey, I think it's a skill and a passion that's needed these days. (laughs) It really is. I mean, you can just especially with the winter that we've had, it's been a rough winter. and We've been stuck inside. You know, you've got to be able to love your space, feel like it's reflective of you and that you're enjoying yourself in it. Otherwise, I mean, you're going to go nuts within the four walls. And I think that's a valid, a valid concern of you want to make sure that your space is conductive to your mental health. Yes, definitely. So I'm curious, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see when people are designing or decorating their interiors to like suit them? What are, what are the big oops you see people making? Uh, one major issue is buying furniture that is too large for the space. Um, what people don't remember to do is to measure, um, the items that they're looking at in the store and then come home and measure it out. You know, you don't have to be a a whiz at drawing it on paper. You can physically measure it in your space to be like, you know, it's tight or it's good, but we have to remember these furniture showrooms are huge. The ceilings are tall. They're big open spaces. So it may look Like it's really decent sized furniture in there. But when you get it into an apartment or into an older home where the rooms were smaller, suddenly that sofa is just too big for the space and you can't walk around it. So you really need to um, try to think through and measure before you buy, Um, because otherwise you're stuck with some furniture you can't use and then you're mad about it. (laughs) You're real mad about it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And then something else that I see too is um, people line their furniture up against the walls instead of creating conversation groupings. So, you know, it's all right to float a chair out a little bit or, you know, just create a space that if you are talking with people or visiting with people that everyone can comfortably see each other instead of just lining it all up against the walls. That feels unnatural and not conducive to um, just how we live our lives. I feel like I, I see that a lot of, you know, you put the couch against the wall and then you want to put like your desk against the wall. You want to put everything against the wall to like almost open up that middle like living spot, but mm-hmm. you can't do anything with that space you've opened up. Yeah, it just feels empty. And so it's more than enough to walk through. So figuring out ways that you can bring it in and be a little bit cozier is is nice. So what are your thoughts on like buying furniture decorating pieces like online like I'm thinking Wayfair is a very popular thing with people my age yeah what are your thoughts on using pieces that I'm not saying that all Wayfair pieces are not long-term pieces but 
What yeah. about pieces that maybe aren't intended to last a whole a lifetime or 30 years? Well, I think you have to balance cost versus longevity. So obviously, if it's a lesser priced piece, the quality is probably a little bit lower. And that's okay. If you're if you're wanting just to get by for a couple of years, five years, whatever, see you through, there's no shame in that. Now, if you're trying to buy something and hold on to it for 15, 20 years, you're probably going to need to invest more. So I would say it's kind of a sliding scale cost versus, you know, to quality, if that makes sense. And I think that Wayfair, Paragold, all those online sources are really good sources, especially, you know, right now, it you may not be able to get out and look at stuff on the floor. Sometimes these furniture stores, it, it's a whole um, issue right now in the furniture industry. Production is really behind. And so some of the uh, showroom floors, things are getting purchased off of them, and they're not able to replenish as quickly because the factories are behind. So I think online sources are, are really good. I think, again, you just need to make sure you measure. You need to really investigate who the manufacturer is because a Wayfair is a third party. They're not making that furniture. So it, if you go in there to those details, it'll tell you manufacturer name. It'll give you a lot of info. And then you can kind of go uh, in another tab and do some research. And if you're seeing a lot of bad reviews about that manufacturer, don't do it. Um, if you're reading good reviews, then by all means, I think it's a safe purchase to make. Um, and then you just kind of figure out the logistics of delivery and getting it into your home. But I think it's a great option. You know, that generation is so internet savvy. We all love to shop online anyway. We don't feel like we have to go and sit and touch and feel. You know, if you've got good pictures, you know, it's pretty much fine to go ahead and purchase. So I think it's a great choice. Well, for those that are wanting to change up their space or they're wanting to maybe look at it a little differently. What's the one piece of advice that you want them to take away from this podcast? Mm, for changing up their space. Um, don't feel like because you want um, a fresh look that that means you have to go out and buy something new or all new things. You would be shocked at if you just take a little bit of time, clear everything, like take stuff off the walls, take stuff off your shelves, um, you know, remove your pillows, redo them. Um, and then put everything back, you'll put it back a little bit differently. And you'll say, wow, that's really good. Or, you know, rearranging your furniture a little bit, just I mean, a little bit of elbow grease in like an afternoon on a Saturday can really revive what you have going on. And I think, kind of start looking at things really critically, like, uh, you know, I put those curtains up, because I thought that they would really help with the decor. But I think they're blocking more of my light. And that's not really helpful. So maybe I take the curtains down, you know, maybe instead of having one art piece hanging on every wall, I create a gallery wall above the sofa that's really more impactful. And then I don't need something on every other wall. So I think just kind of coming at it from a different perspective, and maybe asking a friend to help because they're not someone who's in it every day. And so they may see it differently than you see it and really give you some good ideas. I love that idea of bringing in a different perspective. Because when you look mm -hmm. at something all day, you get really used to what it is. and It's hard to imagine yeah. it a different way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Well, we're at the point in our podcast where I'd like to ask all of our guests this one question. And Liz, I'm curious to know, what is your purpose? I feel like that is a very stressful and deep question. <laughs> I know it's a great way to like wrap it up. We like make you really dive deep and then we're like, goodbye. Yes. Yeah. And then everyone just goes and thinks about their life after that. Yes. Um, so what is my purpose? Um, ultimately, I feel like 
it to encourage others and and to help others like through that in, encouragement. I've really kind of found a love of mentoring people, um, mentoring students. And um, so I feel like that really is a purpose for me and that the business has given me an outlet to be able to do that, that otherwise I may not have been able to do. Um, but I do, I just, I love encouraging and helping others um, kind of circling back to the beginning of the conversation when we were just talking about following your dreams. Um, I'm really passionate about that. And so even with my nieces and nephews, I'm always like, what do you want to do? You can be anything like, let's, let's figure it out. What do we need to do? So I guess that would be my answer. I love that. And that's, that's inspiring because it's nice to hear other people are always trying to lift others up. Yeah. And I think we need it so much right now because we are alone or relatively alone in our homes. And so, you know, we go through our day to day and we just get inside our heads. And sometimes you just need to talk to somebody else and just realize, you know, you're doing a good job and, um, and just get some encouragement. Well, if our listeners want more of you or want to know more about PDR Interiors, where should they go? What projects are you working on? Oh, we've got so many good summer projects for some sorority houses right now. We've got some really great residential um, new construction. So if you're on Instagram, we always have photos on there. We're putting tips and recommendations on Instagram and Facebook, really. Um, but then our website is pdr-interiors.com. Um, and so you can read about my team. You can see, um, you know, you mentioned that online course that we've offered for local house core boards. That information is all on there. So um, you can find a lot about us online and on social. That's fantastic. And we will link all of that on our website, alphagamadelta.org forward slash podcast, just like we do for every other episode. So if you want that content, make sure to go check that out. Go find out more about Liz and PDR Interiors. I've enjoyed learning about how to make my space work for me. And Liz, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you. It was really nice just to get to chat. Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org.